Welcome to Catalyze. I'm Sarah O'Carroll. For this episode, we spoke with three Moorhead Canes, Eric Lee, class of 2018, Nicholas Byrne, class of 2019, and Sam Lowe, class of 2020. We caught up with the alumni as they were making their way across the country from a small locality called Smithonia, outside of Athens, Georgia, to the San Francisco Bay Area. We have received word since recording this conversation that they made it to the West Coast all in one piece. After a summer quarantining together and collaborating on music and other projects with seven other Tar Heels, these three decided to continue their adventures by partnering with U-Haul to document their travels on the road. They recorded from outside their Airbnb at about 1,600 miles into the trip. A fair warning that you may hear chickens clucking softly in the background. And now, on to the show. Sam, Eric, and Nicholas, thanks so much for being here and for talking with me, even as you're on this road trip. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks for being here. Us. So tell me a little bit about where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, we are currently uh, in beautiful Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, we are on a road trip uh, back out to San Francisco, uh, tagging along with our buddy Eric here, uh, who needs to get back out to the Bay Area. Uh, post our fun summer down in uh, Smithonia in Georgia and we've had a solid two long driving days so far to really push out west and get us out here I think we've logged a total of like what 22 24 hours of driving to get to this point from (laughs) from (laughs) Athens Uh, so jump starting the trip that way so we can uh, really enjoy ourselves out on this leg and explore a little bit more um, when Eric came to us uh, with this idea for this road trip, uh, Nicholas and I were both very interested uh, in joining, um, and we needed to figure out a solid way for us to get out to California in three weeks and not have to drive back in another three weeks. Um, and so I had actually done the U-Haul Sessions project uh, with Cameron Champion, a fellow Class of 2020 scholar. Uh, last spring break uh, when we were both juniors. Discovery uh, yeah, it was a, a Discovery Fund project that let us uh, turn a 15-foot U-Haul into a mobile recording studio uh, and drive it down to New Orleans and back. And we collaborated with musicians all along the way, uh, documented our journey on Instagram. And while we were on the road that time, we actually realized that this seems like a great opportunity to actually partner uh, with U-Haul because the content we were producing seemed uh, relevant uh, to their business. It seemed interesting and engaging, and it seemed uh, off the beaten path from the kind of stuff we were seeing from their social media channels. Uh, so these sort of two streams converged, uh, and I had the idea that we should reach out to U-Haul, uh, show them all the stuff that we did on that last trip, uh, and see if they were interested in uh, partnering with us to do something on this one, and they were. Uh, so we have a solid 10-foot U-Haul trailing behind Eric's lead car uh, throughout the drives uh, filled with camping gear, which it came in super clutch for that. We're able to pack up some, some wood and supplies to get us out there. Uh, and it's got a pretty lean mobile recording studio set up as well because we had to get a little bit more creative this time since we have to fly back with it all. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really exciting so far. Excited to see where it goes from here. I just imagine that being in a U-Haul, even if you weren't trying to create all these beautiful stories and interesting content, that that would be difficult in and of itself. And so um, how do you manage that from inside the van and and producing things and still managing to be healthy and 
um, and safe. Well, Eric is kind of a professional, near, near professional at planning road trips. <laughs> and so having a good plan is certainly necessary. Um, something we, we drove 14 hours yesterday. Uh, before that, we had a day of rest. And the day before that, we drove 10 hours. And so I think uh, we're going we're gonna to be rewarded on the second half of this road trip by doing all the driving on the front end. Um, and also, it's kind of a bit more beautiful and, and has the, the road road trippy uh, visuals yeah. <laughs> as far as what you're going to film out west. Um, so that, that was definitely a good idea on our part. Um, also, I would highly recommend uh, AC inverters for cigarette lighters <laughs> um, in your car because you can you know, plug it into a power strip. And then I was in the car yesterday. I, I was producing a couple songs um, in the back seat as Eric was driving. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's fun to take videos and photos along the way. Um, and we learned from Cam this summer that it's often a good idea to, uh, to film stuff and then post it later so that you have a little bit of time to bank content so that you're not stressed the day of about, oh, we have to post this thing today. We have to post this thing tomorrow. You can actually give yourself a five-day buffer period or something like that. No one will know the difference whether yeah. you're on the road today or in five days. And so it makes it a little bit more comfortable and it lets you control the narrative a little bit better as far as what kind of um, things you choose to include in your edit. So, but yeah, Eric, do you have any other road trip tips <laughs> just in general? Uh, <laughs> I have a lot, but uh, I don't know if all of them are relevant to the storytelling aspect right now. <laughs> yeah, and just to add on to that, I think the actual drive times on the U-Haul especially on the back half of this trip, now that we've gotten these big drives out of the way, turn out to be really useful um, in terms of giving yourself uh, some cordon off space where you know you're going to be in the car so you can do things like plan social media, reach out to people, uh, polish off stuff that we've been working on the night before on the computer. Um, and, and so the, the drive itself actually becomes a really valuable tool in the storytelling side of things because uh, it, it forces you to, to strike some sort of balance. Nicholas, I know you've been working with Nashville artists and Sam, you have music and um, there's been so much collaboration happening over the summer. So can you share a little bit of what exactly you've been trying to do as well as enjoy time amidst a pandemic? Yeah, so we tried to stay really busy this summer. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, we all realized that we were alone in our bedrooms and that it would be really wonderful to be together <laughs> and to figure out a way for that to be possible. Um, and very fortunately, my, my grandparents have some space out in Colbert, Georgia, right, right outside of Athens. And uh, there's an old building called a commissary that I've turned into a, a recording studio since graduating in December. And uh, on the top floor of this building, there we had five beds and we packed 10 of our friends into Athens this summer. and. Five people were sleeping in the bedroom. It was kind of like summer camp. Um, and so we learned a lot about, you know, community and the time that I think we all needed it. And, uh, you know, we all have a variety of interests and you know, personal interests, but also professional interests. And it was really wonderful to be able to spend that time together and to uh, have a semblance of normalcy mm -hmm. um, as things were upended for, our, for many of us. Um, 
before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of booking a lot of shows and working on stage design um, and performing. And so for me, uh, it's been a transition to working on more stuff in the studio, which has actually been a blessing. Uh, it's what I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, so I've been practicing recording, singing, playing guitar, writing music um, with Sam and Cam and several of our friends this summer. So it was really wonderful. Um, and also professionally, I was, I was working on some freelance projects. Um, when I was a sophomore, I interned for Universal Music in Nashville, and then since then have been doing uh, freelance video editing for them, for a variety of their artists, basically taking music videos and chopping them up and making advertisements out of them. Uh, so I studied advertising at UNC, but then throughout college did a variety of music industry internships and yeah it, earlier this year and early in the summer i was working on sam hunt's recent album release and did all the ads all the social media ads for that project which was really cool um, but yeah mostly I've, I've actually started to really transition towards doing to focusing on my own work and that, that was a really huge thing for me and uh, why i decided after december not to moved to Nashville or moved to Los Angeles. I actually moved to Athens uh, to spend time at the farm starting in January. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was really wonderful to have all these friends come down and visit because I was planning on going out on tour essentially uh, and playing my own music and booking shows and doing that kind of thing. But yeah, it, it was, it, I think we definitely made the best out of the situation, got to hang out with my grandparents a lot, and they loved that. We learned a lot from them, uh, a lot from each other as well. So, yeah, really fun. Yeah, I've, I personally got uh, pulled into the uh, the Smithonia 10 just through kind of a random off-the-cuff phone call with Nicholas uh, that we had kind of, when was it? Might have been like late April. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit into the pandemic. Um, like Nicholas said, we were all kind of cooped up in our rooms and um, I think mainly it developed pretty organically. I think there were a lot of folks who were already planning to come to Athens uh, and some folks who weren't, but when the opportunity arose, it sounded like a really great way uh, to make the best of a weird situation. Um, now, I was really interested to come out um, because uh, in San Francisco, I've been pretty involved in the like, co-living, co-housing community. Um, it's been a pretty like long-standing uh, place where a lot of communes have formed and um, I actually started a co-living house in February uh, which went really well for about a month until everything imploded um, and so I thought uh, well in March uh, about around March uh, San Francisco was a less uh, inviting place to be living and so uh, when the opportunity came up I was really excited to come out to Georgia. As far as the property itself is is historic and uh, my grandparents moved there and purchased part of the land in 1996, which is the year that I was born. And the building that we were living in was in ruins. And um, over the past 24 years, they've renovated it and rebuilt it. Um, and so it originally, we call it the commissary because that's what it was. Um, and it was originally part of Jim Smith's, Jim Monroe Smith's plantation um, outside of Athens, Georgia, which was a sharecropping plantation and one of the largest in Georgia at, in the beginning of the 20th century um, and late 19th century. And so it, it's certainly a place that makes you think and makes you, I think we all had uh, 
many moments of reflection this summer about thinking, you know, what does it what does it mean to write music here, or what does it mean to, for this group to be here now? Um, and I, I think a lot about what that place will be in the future, um, and you know, it, it's it's certainly thought provoking, and this year has been uh, especially interesting to look at that history. Uh, but it, it's it's very interesting, and, and my grandparents took a a plot of land. Uh, and built their house and built a lake. And it's, it's really a place that my family has gathered uh, since I've, I've grown up. Um, and it, it's interesting for me because it's all the trees are the same age as me. <laughs> and I, so as they grow, I guess I grow. Um, so, yeah. And I also heard that in addition to working on all of these projects that Eric, you are the cookmeister. And so I just have a, a question. If somebody wanted to uh, roast a pig, how would you say to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, ideally you have a large already constructed barbecue pit, but you can also <laughs> make one out of cinder blocks uh, on the fly if you don't have one already. Um, ideally you need to keep the uh, coals uh, flaming up so ideally you want to uh, keep the coals burning outside of the pit until they kind of simmer down um, and keep the heat indirect so uh, when we cooked a pig on the 4th of July uh, we had the pig kind of splayed out in the middle um, and coals basically around the edges and mostly in the corners of the pit uh, we started around 5 p.m. was it uh, and went all the way through the night and I think it was finished cooking about at noon the following day um, so yeah, that's definitely a bit of an undertaking and, and more than maybe you want to do on a regular basis. Yeah, I think also something key is to, uh, we, we're still eating the pork. Yeah, it's the yeah. ultimate meal for us. <laughs> yeah. It's the ultimate meal for us. I yeah. think we could eat pork for like three months. So. Yeah. yeah, so it was about a 90 pound pig that we cooked on the 4th of July and we've got maybe like 20 pounds left. Yeah, yeah. and what's also key in storing that pork, and we've made this mistake, this mistake mm -hmm. before, is you don't want to put it in too large of a container in the freezer. You want to put it in like meal size containers almost so that you don't waste pork as you take it out of the freezer and are not able to eat all of it before it goes <laughs> bad. So we have a lot of quarts stacked up uh, in the deep freeze. So. A lot of things to remember that. Seems like such a um, unique environment to be reinforcing the kinds of skills and creative process that you all were on, even though in different ways. Um, but were there any new skills that you might have learned or takeaways from the summer and into now that have stuck out to you and maybe changed the way that you're approaching this fall and the rest of this crazy year that has been 220? Yeah, I think it it definitely has, has done that for me uh, in a lot of ways. So I, uh, on the flip side of what Eric was saying uh, for his impetus for, for coming down to Smithonia, I was talking with Nicholas about moving down to Athens for probably half a year at this point because through all the craziness of planning post-grad my senior year uh, a lot of scholarship and fellowship applications and then the the uncertainty that all that sort of uh, engendered uh, knowing that no matter what i could come down to athens work on music work on really cool projects with nicholas was was a lifeline for me through all of that honestly um and then when when things finally did work out and i was offered a position uh in the master's program of computer science at stanford it was really hard to let go of that idea of coming down to Athens and giving myself this time to, to reset, take a break away from 
the past 18 years of school um, and give myself the time and the space to really explore the things I knew I wanted to do, knew I wanted to learn, but didn't necessarily have the ample time and space for before. And I've gotten to learn a ton of new skills. Uh, I was helping Eric with, with some of the pit mastering, learning some barbecue along with him. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I actually finished uh, building a guitar amp cabinet with uh, Nicholas's other grandfather uh, who lives on the other side of Athens. He's got a great workshop, a uh, great wood shop. Um, incredibly nice dude. Uh, got to learn a lot and get my hands on a lot of tools. Um, and then just the time to really like dig into my the craft of, of the music that I want to make and that kind of that kind of thing. And it's really been it, it's been a realigning experience for me in a lot of ways because I know going uh, to Stanford, I had actually uh, Discovery funded a trip out to Stanford after my freshman year to work with uh, CERCMA, which is the Center for Computer Research and Music and Acoustics. Um, and basically all of the stuff that I've done since then has had a lot of overlap with the kind of stuff they, they do. But I was still a little hesitant with, with jumping in with them uh, when I get to Stanford to try and do research with them because I still had this interest in AI and the different avenues that that could take me and not sure that I wanted to commit to the whole music angle of it or, or what have you. And having this time to really work on my music has really reaffirmed to me that, that that's what I need to do and that's where my passion is. Um, so this summer has been incredibly valuable because if I had just jumped into this master's program at Stanford in the fall, I think it would be a very different experience than the one I'm planning on having in January. And Sam and I actually have an EP coming out tomorrow. Yes. And um, my project is called Arts and Crafts and his is called Sacramone. And we have a collaborative EP called Slow Burn. Uh, which is coming out tomorrow, which is really fun. Yeah. So we're working on filming stuff for that project out here um, and working on new music as well. Uh, I, th I think something that I learned this summer uh, from Eric is, is to not let the pursuit of perfection get in the way of releasing music yeah. <laughs> to be specific <laughs> i think that's um, something both of us have run into in the past yeah totally. yeah. and i think it's you know i'm yeah. i'm at the stage right i just i want to become a better producer and a better musician and the way to do that is to write and release songs yeah. and if you're just writing one song over and over again and not releasing it that does not further that goal <laughs> well, it feels like you might be, you know, because it's not going to be the, it's probably not going to be the song if it's yeah. your first one that you ever put out or make. So, yeah. Perfection is an arbitrary term that's only relative to where your skill set is. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think uh, for me, it was a really exciting experience to be surrounded by so many uh, of my creative friends. Uh, I graduated actually in 2018. So I've actually been living out in San Francisco for Coming up on two years, uh, I had been when I came out to Georgia. And in that time, I'd spent most of my time just kind of like establishing and developing sort of a professional uh, skill set and a professional identity. Um, and really had been maybe not neglecting, but ignoring um, sort of my appreciation and desire to be surrounded by uh, and creating, um, you know, art. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been really interesting um, being surrounded by, you know, uh, essentially professional creatives um, <laughs> and um, yeah, being like exposed to that energy. I think I was really excited to be like hearing everyone's new music every day. I would definitely try to 
crack the whip on uh, uh, being prolific and releasing stuff and getting feedback. Because um, I would always hear them, you know, kind of in the commissary, uh, giving each other feedback, but also, uh, you know, feeling like it wasn't good enough. And to me, it sounded good enough already. So, um, yeah, that was really great. Um, and I guess, yeah, the summer overall was just a realigning experience. Um, I actually uh, left my job uh, at the end of June, so halfway through my time in Smithsonian. Um, I wanted to give a little bit more time to uh, barbecuing, uh, becoming like a stronger swimmer, getting better at pool, uh, doing a lot of extracurricular things that uh, I didn't really have a lot of time to do when I had a full-time job. Um, and so, yeah, I think this has been a really great sabbatical and I'm uh, really excited and really grateful to have had the experience and also excited to get back to San Francisco and uh, back to my life in California as well. well. I'm so glad to hear that it's been inspiring to be with each other and realizing that you can be a bit messy or not your older idea of perfection in order to do good work. Um, as you are thinking towards the end of the year and beyond that, what are you looking forward to and hoping to accomplish and using the word accomplish, maybe not in the traditional forms of success, but just um, what would be meaningful to you and then ways that you're thinking about approaching those things? Yeah, I think, uh, the next couple months are almost certainly going to be a uh, tumultuous time, especially as we approach the election. Um, but, you know, I think for me, it, uh, it's, it's been most beneficial to uh, give that minimal headspace, um, <laughs> uh, especially since we're still a couple months out. Um, I'm hoping to, you know, reintegrate back into my uh, house in San Francisco. Um, I'm, uh, you know, considering uh, and, and looking around at potential new employment options, but um, I'm also giving myself time. I think one thing that's been really nice about uh, this <laughs> this new time looking for jobs um, compared to my experience post-grad is, you know, now I have a little bit more savings, more skills, more connections, and I, I think I have like the ability to be a little bit more uh, kind of selective and hoping to find like a, a job that I find really like rewarding and um, personally fulfilling uh, as well as you know professionally um, I think one other thing that I'm definitely trying to uh, accomplish in these next few months is spend a little bit more time at home with my family um, one thing that's been really really great about um, the pandemic actually is that I've been able to spend a lot more time um, in you know large contiguous blocks with my family at home uh, than I otherwise would have been you know as a, a you know adult living his own life out in the big city um, so I've, I've spent a lot of time just sort of hanging out with my parents, um, you know, spending, you know, a month or two at a time with them and trying to develop our relationship and, you know, learn a little bit more about them and how they're responding to the current situation and also kind of their history and how uh, they view the world. Um, and so that's, that's also been a, a really uh, great project. I'm also really excited about is releasing, about releasing as much music as possible and growing as an artist, um, and figuring out how to use my voice um, and I, I think it's also exciting to, to see the ways that um, people in my community have been engaged politically, um, to know that people really still, still do care. Um, and I think I'm also gonna do a Vipassana retreat with Eric in January, and I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, just for me personally, uh, just with the, the the kind of personal growth I feel like I've had over the summer, I'm most excited about seeing how those new lessons sort of shape the future for me, um, especially like we were talking about 
uh, coming into Stanford with, with my priorities a little bit more in line, um, and especially navigating back into an academic space now that I uh, better understand how I work well when I'm doing my creative work and, and my music, which is something that I've always been passionate about, but haven't really been able to do it at this level of productivity. And so moving back into the, the academic sphere, I definitely want to want to keep that balance uh, more in line. And, and so that's something I'm, I'm really excited about. Well, thank you guys so much for your time and um, wishing you guys all the best. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Catalyze. I'm Sarah O'Carroll, and that was Eric Lee, Nicholas Byrne, and Sam Lowe. The music for this episode is by Nicholas, and you'll want to check out his and Sam Lowe's latest EP called Slow Burn. You can let us know what you thought of the episode by finding us on Twitter or Instagram at MoreheadCane, or you can email us at communications at moreheadcane.org. Until next time, stay safe.